0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. And on this episode, we're going to talk about how to foster an environment for creativity. So, um, you know, I was looking at some research the other day uh, by XQ, and creativity is one of the highest levels on the skills that students are going to need in their future jobs. Uh, So the question I've got for our audience out there, and I'd love to hear back from you guys, is how are you fostering creativity uh, at your schools and in the classroom? So, so, Stephanie, how are you seeing this done in your school district?
1: The first thing I think we have to do is allow teachers to be creative and allow them that time in their classroom. Because if we don't give them the time, then it's going to get sucked by other activities. Um, where if you really push it, you know, like the makerspace movement and um, – In the classroom, we have like a 5C station where one of those is focused on creativity, collaboration, communication, you know, critical thinking, and those type of skills that businesses are really looking for. But I mean, I was really impressed when I went to Sydney for the Innovator um, Academy because the guest that we're actually gonna have on today, he allowed his students to be really creative and he allowed them to partner with a company to actually make their creativity come true. And that's where I was lacking. I still am lacking. I need to, you know, kind of do better with that. But allowing students to be creative and then partnering with the community or partnering with a company that can actually allow their designs to come to life rather than just a little um, paper template or, you know, made with cardboard, like actually plastic and metal and all of that kind of stuff where it can actually come to life and actually be used in a classroom.
0: Yeah you know and now with 3D printers and things like that we can almost prototype anything now uh, and I, I'm going to tell you that a lot of these students are a whole lot more creative than I am and, and you know there's there's even uh, in the United States here there's a lot of a lot of people talking about does does schools kill creativity um, and what what would what could students really make if we unleash them to go out and make things? So a few things that that I've seen uh, again the 3D printing we have we have a lot of STEM labs and things uh, in our district here. Uh, we have a lot of 3D printers where they're making things, designing things, um, and they're really starting to incorporate that into to the math and the sciences now also. Uh, so certainly a lot of that. We've also got uh, Odyssey of the Mind teams here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Odyssey of the Mind, but it's really about creativity problem solving. They give students problems to solve and then they have to come up with a plan to solve that problem and then build everything and work it all out on stage in front of people. So, uh, you know, a lot of different things that we see going on with creativity here, you know, giving students real world problems and letting them, you know, make an attempt to solve those all right so it is my pleasure to bring on one of my buddies and pals brothers from sydney australia Uh, mel was uh, one of those guys that y'all have heard the stories about when we were in philadelphia together on the car ride going all around philadelphia with crazy kyle's driving Uh, it wasn't the navigator's fault we know it was kyle so uh, mel is a technology integration coordinator uh, in hong kong and he is a Google-certified educator level two, a Google-certified trainer, and a Google-certified innovator. So, Mel, welcome to the show.
1: He's shaking his head.
0: <laughs> hey, Lance. <clears throat> Hello, oh, Stephanie. What, what did I screw up there in your introduction? No, I'm not from
2: Hong Kong, though. We're, you're close, buddy. Uh, I'm in Macau, uh, which is uh, probably maybe both uh, 30 miles away from Hong Kong.
0: Why close enough? That's like I'm from Nashville, but I'm not from Nashville. <laughs>
1: Mel is not from America.
2: <laughs> no. He
1: lives somewhere over
2: the seas. <laughs> over the seas. You're, you're originally from Canada, correct? Yeah, I'm uh, originally from Canada. I've uh, been overseas now for about uh, 11 years. Wow. And I have to say, uh, we're, we're Facebook
0: friends also, which makes us like family. Uh, but you're like that, that uh, older brother that I'm jealous of because you get to go see the whole world. And I love kind of living through you but I also kind of despise getting to see everything you get to do and, you know, just kind of want to be like you.
2: Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a very kind compliment, uh, Lance. Uh, yeah, we are very fortunate uh, to be living in Asia. Um, yeah, travel in Asia is quite inexpensive, so we are lucky to travel uh, fairly regularly around the region, see some really cool and interesting things. And, uh, but now, yeah, we're trying to travel a little bit further before, uh, uh, before we get too old and we can't travel anymore. Yeah, and and I'm going to come visit you eventually
0: uh, in Asia, and and I want some moose shoe when we get there. You got I it. Real, I want some real stuff this time. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. So uh, so talk to us a little bit about your your innovator project and, and how you're fostering the environment so that students can be creative uh,
2: in your classroom. All right. So the innovator project um, kind of started with a problem uh, that one of my teachers had. Uh, yeah, he's a design and architecture teacher at our school, a wonderful guy. And uh, he was just looking for ways to, uh, you know, like you say, uh, maybe take that learning a little bit further, extend it outside of the classroom and try to uh, hook up with some people in the community. And so that's when he hit a roadblock and he just was like, you know, who can I, who can I contact? Who can I reach out to? And, uh, and I thought that's a great question. And I, and I didn't have an answer for him, but I thought, you know, wouldn't it be, Great! If there was a way where you could, as a teacher, access some kind of, uh, you know, directory and uh, contact people or find people uh, with certain skills and abilities and interests, and then maybe connect with them and try to get them involved with teaching and learning in your classroom.
1: I think that's where we fail the most is connecting with others because it can get difficult, and I think people are afraid of the no but I think we have to just reach out and it could be a no, but it could also be a yes. I mean, the worst they're gonna tell you is no.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, you know, I've had a chance to work with a couple of different companies and individuals uh, from the community and I've been surprised uh, at just how keen they are to work with schools and students. And they, they, they say that, you know, we wish we had more of these opportunities. So I think, uh, you know, teachers should try to take advantage of, uh, of those situations.
1: I also liked how at the beginning of the podcast, <clears throat> you said that you had a problem and that was kind of the focus of your project. Uh-huh. And I, and that just really like reminded me of the Academy because they kept saying like, fall in love with the problem and not the solution. And I love how you were so focused on the problem rather than I'm going to fall in love with this solution. And that was hard for me because I'm such like a, this is going to be the solution for this problem. And That's just the way my mind goes, but your mind was like all about the problem and all the ways you could solve it, Um, which was really incredible, because I have a hard time thinking that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and when you fall in love with with a solution, you have one solution, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and you know, Mel, you you have sent us pictures and everything of, of the things that your girls made and designed. Uh, you asked for feedback, and I think you told me y'all even made
2: tweaks to, to the original design. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. Um, so I guess just to give you, maybe your listeners, a bit of background. So we, um, <clears throat> we were, started with a, a STEAM initiative at our school and was an emphasis for a number of our teachers. And um, some of our staff were undertaking some training. And um, part of that training uh, relied on us doing a project with some students <clears throat> and um, so, for me, I'm not a I'm not a classroom teacher. I'm outside of the classroom. So I ended up uh, taking a group of grade eight students, and uh, the challenge was, okay, what kind of project uh, can I do with them in, in, in relation to design and design thinking? Um, luckily enough, uh, there was another teacher who uh, was a, was a big uh, STEAM teacher. It's one of her passions, and uh, she came to me and said, you know, we we have a problem. She goes, I I really want. Uh, uh, what's called, a, she called it a steam cart. She goes, I want a steam cart from my classroom because, um, you know, I don't want to take my students out of the classroom, walk down to a, a lab or a maker maker area and lose that time, get set up, and by the time we do all that it was very little time for making and, and exploring. Um, so she said, I just want to be able to wheel something into the classroom, open it up and have most of the materials there that the students would need. And I said, hey, this is a brilliant idea. Let's do it. Where do we get one of these? And she goes, I don't know. And I started doing some research. And uh, we found out that really you know, nothing like that really existed. And so that was kind of the genesis for this project uh, with my uh, grade 8 students. Uh, so we decided to just design one and um, see what we could come up with. And how many iterations did y'all go through before y'all decided on one? Well... Um, we, what happened was we had about seven students and that whittled down to about five um, and so we had five different designs and so there's a number of similarities and a number of differences as well and so all five of those uh, designs were presented to uh, the head of school, our STEAM teacher and uh, one other individual and so they couldn't really decide on one you know outstanding design there was so many great things about all of them so what happened was we tended uh, we decided to uh, just kind of put them all together and come up with one granddaddy design so um, we're lucky that we we had a, a parent at our school who uh, uh, manages a factory in uh, Zhongshan China which is maybe about an hour from Macau so um, The the girls and myself, we spent a day and we traveled to the factory, met with an industrial designer, uh, did a tour of the factory, and then sat down in a room and really uh, got down to work and and decided on the final design, and um, that's basically how it all worked out. Um, So the girls kind of shared their vision and and some of the key aspects, and there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of questions, and then uh, we left, and then their designer Came up with the final design, incorporating all the elements that uh, that we wanted, and um, and about uh, six weeks later, we um, we had a steam cart. So it was quite uh, quite the interesting journey. That's awesome, and and you know that's that's one
0: thing that, that I think we need to point out because you know y'all fell in love with the problem, y'all had many solutions to the problem, and then y'all were able to bring all those problems together and and have you know the best of of all worlds, as you were kind of saying there. Um, but also, you know, you've got, you know, 14-year-old girls, I'm guessing it's grade eight there, somewhere around 14, that are that are doing things right now that most people would say, oh, they can't do that until they're, they've had four years of college or something like that. So they're doing something that,
2: you know, 22, 23-year-old uh, college student would be doing. Well, you're right. And I think, um, you know, we probably don't give kids enough credit for kind of their skills and abilities. And we kind of tend to look at their age. And uh, the thing I was impressed with uh, going into this, or coming out of it, I should say, was that just how amazing their designs were. Uh, at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure what we were gonna get, I was hopeful, but I just, I guess, kept the expectations a bit low. But what they came back with was, was amazing. And um, the, um, the interesting thing was the, um, the gentleman at the factory, he was, he was so impressed with the designs that he, um, you know took them into his design team and 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 kind of you know threw down the gauntlet I guess and said look at this is a bunch of 13 14 year old girls who came up with this stuff and that's some of this works a little bit better than what you guys put together so uh, yeah it was quite quite impressive
0: <laughs> uh, I can imagine how, how that went down yeah. yeah you know look at this design world look how great it is and I'm like yeah it looks good looks good yeah those 14 year old girls did that so yeah. awesome
1: I know it's kind of sad because you, when you do let students, you don't know what's going to happen. Like they're either going to, you know, kind of mess around or they're actually going to take it really serious and take a really good job with it. And I think we have to allow that space and time and that trust with those kids and let them that fail and create. And if they do a great job, it's awesome. And if they did fail, how can they learn from it and improve?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's always that uh, risk of failure, but you know, we're not, the goal is not the end product. The goal is the process. And I think if they are going through this process, they're learning as they go and they're they're having some amazing experiences and I'm sure, you know, 10, 15 years from now, they're still going to remember this project and probably won't remember what they learned in math or what they learned in science.
1: All right. So we're going to go to our next section, the meme and quotes. So Mel, what quote did you bring for us today?
2: Oh, I came across this quote uh, actually last weekend. I was at a conference and I thought it was really good. And uh, my quote is, it's not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. And I believe that was Albert Einstein. And uh, that just really resonated with me because uh, I think sometimes at schools we just tend to you know, focus on the number and the grade, and uh, that always isn't a good predictor of success, and uh, there's so many other factors that are important in terms of uh, creativity and collaboration, things that you mentioned earlier, Stephanie. Yeah, or achievement scores or state test scores or things like that,
0: instead of some things that really do matter.
1: Yeah, and so my meme is, um, we went to get my kids from recess and no behavior issues, because I think sometimes, Kids are kids, but yet that can really cause instructional time out of your day when there are behavior issues. Um, So making sure that every moment does count and letting kids be kids and allowing them the time to actually create will help with the behavior issues.
0: And this week, I'm actually uh, reading a, a book right now. It's called The New Team Habits by Anthony Kim. Uh, quote that, that he's got is if we begin to plan for change not perfection we continue to stay open to new better and different options that may discover that we may discover along what, the way so I, I think we tend to be type a a little bit too much not to point any fingers stephanie uh, but and not plan for change but we need to be planning for change because it's continuously going to change and we might find some new things that are out there if we do
1: All right. And so we're going to go to our final section, something that we learned this week that could be innovative for tomorrow that you could use in your classroom. So Mel, what do you have to share with us.
2: Well, I've been doing a lot of digging around with Google Earth. I've just been uh, looking at some different resources that I could uh, share with my teachers here and You know, there's just so many resources in Google Earth. It's just more than, you know, looking down from the sky, so to speak, and looking down at the landscape and the buildings and such. Um, There's a lot of great geo tools. There's inspirational stories and even lesson plans and product information. So as a a teacher, there's just tons of resources in Google Earth worth checking out.
1: Um, So this tells me when we go to ISTE this year, you are going to be the navigator since you have became an expert with Google Earth.
2: <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. It was um, Kyle's fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, Kyle. Kyle's not allowed to drive. Mel has to drive. Actually, Paige will probably be driving since she's the one that lives in That's California. Scarier.
2: That could be scary.
1: Um, so mine is um, teacherled.com and it has interactive math um, and the tips for students so they can go on and there's different things so they can um, play. Sometimes I think it's good for students to play with the actual objects, but this allows them to also um, do it online if they're not available or you don't have them ready. And Lance, what's yours?
0: All right. So as I told you, I was reading a book. So I've got the the, the books on here. Uh, The New School Rules is one of those books. And the other one is The New Team Habits. And it talks about really how to structure teams and how to quit wasting time in your meetings so that you can be more productive. Uh, And it's really helped me a lot. So one of the things we did the other day in a meeting was I had to list all of my job roles and all the things that I did on a daily basis. And then other people had to come behind and list things that i would left off that that they, you know, that I have to do. And I had to go and do the same for each one of those. But by the end, we actually got to see, you know, what does everybody do and who do we go to if we need help with X, Y, Z.
1: That's interesting. I don't know if they talk about in the book, but like being present during a meeting. So not like Googling something or checking email, like actually being present. That's something like I'm trying to work on. I'm assuming it's probably in the book. I don't know, though. Um but that is a skill that people do really need. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening to get inspired and innovate. Mel, how can people connect with you?
2: Yeah, best way is on Twitter. uh, It's at Varga underscore Mel.
1: So make sure you reach out to Mel and if you need um, the show notes, make sure you subscribe and you will get a weekly email sent to you and your um, email with the different show notes from every single week. Um, We hope you enjoyed this, Um, podcast this week and that you will use the topic of creating and allow your students that time sometime in the near future. Thank you for listening.